Don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm not one of of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. You don't seem that happy that you've won. More than you believe. More than you believe I'm happy. It's already sh So you have not to say uh, I saw it was sh So you can try to... Um, yeah, that would help in a game like this. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Oh, you know already before you ask, that's a sh question. I like that, that, is, that you still ask it. You don't have to, you don't have to. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy, happy new year. Lions, they don't compare themselves with humans. Three for me and two for them. Respect, 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 man, respect, respect. What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? It is a frisky Friday. That means it is another brand new episode of the Touchline Band Podcast. As you already know, I am your host here, Leo, aka the Gutsy Greek, and I am joined by the most annoying Manchester United fan on earth. The most realistic Manchester United fan on earth. But yes, I'm feeling good. Uh, it's been a wild week already, and we have an incredible weekend ahead. A lot of storylines uh, to talk about in terms of the games upcoming. I'm excited about it. Let's get to it. Yeah, man. We're going to start off with the FA Cup. We're going to talk about some Premier League afterward. And you guys already know we got some dope games. We're going to get do a little start bench cut. We're going to talk about would you rather. And then I have a specific question for Brian, which I'm really interested to get your opinion on because it's a mm. very heated debate uh, that I have with a buddy of late. Okay. Yeah, yeah you're excited, huh? Always. Very basic question, but there's a lot of answers there. But let's start off FA Cup. Congratulations, you guys not only advanced past a tricky, tricky game against West Ham where you were losing in the game, but you successfully hand me one of the biggest losses of my week because you had to just go over there and score three goals in the final 20 minutes to screw my plus one. So F you two, and how do you feel about your win? Yeah, I mean, I love it because, you know, United were pretty slow coming out of the gates. Uh, you could definitely see a little bit of fatigue setting in there. Um, and, you know, understandably so with how many games they've been playing. But what I love about this team and what I think Eric Ten Hag has really brought to the side is just the fact that they never lay down. They are constantly pushing. They never feel out of it. And as a fan, you don't feel out of it when you're watching. I think they always give themselves a chance. And that's the most important thing that you can do in any football match is to put yourself in a position to win. And when, you know, other sides don't take chances against good teams, you're going to get punished. And that's exactly what happened to West Ham. I mean, Mikel Antonio had some absolute fucking sitters that he put straight at De Gea or De Gea just had a solid save, but there were lots of opportunities to play another uh, of his teammates to get a more easy goal. I think it should have been two nil. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, if you don't take your chances, a team like United are going to punish you. And that's exactly what they did. Um, Oguerd had just a horrendous game with the OG. Then he was at fault for both additional goals as well. The Garnacho wonder strike was fantastic. Bending it around Johnson uh, should have gotten out to him. But again, it just comes back to they have fighting them. They don't lay down. I was ecstatic to see it and i'm happy that we're continuing on and it's going to be a, a hell of an fa cup run because now that you see you know the teams remaining obviously manchester united and manchester city are going to be the favorites moving forward especially with tottenham i mean what an absolute calamity 
not only did they completely rotate their squad, which seems insane because the FA Cup is their only chance at silverware. Uh, they're definitely going out of the UCL. But also, did you know that I didn't realize this until yesterday when I was kind of reading a little bit more into it, prepping for today. Sheffield had eight players out due to an illness. So like, yeah. and we're talking about first team players. Like they had eight players. I'm not sure if all eight were first team players, but they had a completely rotated squad out of necessity and yep. they still beat Spurs. Six players. Shut out Spurs. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's absolutely bananas to me the Jekyll and Hyde nature of this Spurs season because you'd think even a rotated squad should be able to do fine against a a B squad for Sheffield United but Spurs just continue to show moments of greatness and then moments of just hilarious calamity and to go out to Sheffield like that without scoring is just an embarrassment I mean an absolute embarrassment I would say it is by far the most embarrassing result of the weekend. Uh, shout out me for calling Grimsby Town at plus 800 over Southampton. What a performance from them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just I, if you're a Tottenham fan, I how what must you be feeling? Like at least Chelsea, they're, they're kind of punting on the season and they're like, better luck next year, whatever. But Spurs, I mean, this is your chance at your first silverware since what, 2007, 2008? And and you have the easier side of the draw, or at least you would have. And you you do that against Sheffield. I mean, good God. It's just, I mean, it's almost too sad to laugh at. Uh, yeah, I mean, credit to us, first of all. What the hell are you drinking? Are you drinking straight out of the jug? Uh, there's only a little left. I didn't want to waste a glass because I'm a man. Dude, <laughs> that doesn't say wifey and child are gone for the time yes, being. Yeah, 100%. That is, that is just... Even I can't get on board with that, bro. You gotta, you gotta be a man. You gotta go get a Stanley Cup. These things are, uh, these <laughs> things are running out fast. Okay. God. Yeah. Don't, don't hate on my Stanley. I have like four Stanley Cups in this house, and there's only two people that live here. Jeez. Uh, and spoiler alert: only one is mine. So, <laughs> uh, back to Spurs. Credit to us for absolutely nailing that game. I think we were both on Sheffield. I know I definitely was. Uh, six first-team starters. Spurs are starting. I don't know if this is a good, bad, or uh, inappropriate analogy, but I'm going to give it anyways. Uh, Spurs are like the girl that thinks she's way prettier than she is. They, okay. they really are. Like, the arrogance that they show by not actually starting their players in the only tournament you have a chance to win a game at. Yeah. Shameful. I mean, that uh, the not like they had the Champions League coming up anytime soon either. Like that's next week. Big deal. Yeah. I mean, but also and and I'm pretty sure that they have a uh, a pretty soft matchup this weekend against Wolves. So, it's, I mean, not soft, but you're definitely it's not like this is a big rivalry or some team that they're really worried about getting the sword put to them. But like exactly like you said, and I think you nailed it, the hubris of thinking that you could just cakewalk this. But again, I don't understand the mentality. Even if you thought you could cakewalk it, for what? What are you saving your players for? To beat Wolves at the weekend and stay top four? You're not winning the league. Like, this was your absolute best chance at silverware. And not only do you get knocked out, but you get knocked out by a completely rotated fucking Sheffield United side. Like, no offense to Sheffield. They played fantastically. I mean, what an absolute defensive performance. But still, it's just, it, it is... An embarrassment is all you can say. It's an embarrassment. It's shocking. 
it's it's so bad in like anybody that's ever played fifa manager mode knows you start your players there you rest your players on the weekend hope that you manage to at least get a draw out of that one because it's not all that important because newcastle have a game against manchester city that they should lose but they'll probably find a way to get a point knowing us um which we'll talk about shortly yeah and then you go start your players against milan now if you go start your players um on saturday well now you have a quick turnaround now you got to go play milan i mean these bozos have no clue what they're doing they're more it it does seem exactly like that it seems genuinely as though they are in a uh a fantasy land of fuckery like i I just don't understand this is what what are they what are they playing for what are they playing for they're they're going out of the champions league even if they magically turn it around and come and beat dortmund uh you know or excuse me milan thank you even if they turn it around and come back from that, they still have to play teams that are so much better than them that there's no chance they're winning that. They can't honestly believe that. And the league, obviously, they're not winning the league. So, like, I just, what are you playing for? What possible reason could you have for not starting Kane in that match? It's just mind-blowing, uh, mind-blowing stuff. Uh, but, hey, credit to yeah. Sheffield, way to come out, way to battle, and cash my ticket for me. Thank you very much. I really needed it after Manchester United screwed me. Bounce on over to Tuesday. A lot of stuff going on Tuesday. First of all, let's get this out of the way. Credit to you for the call of the podcast. Blackburn Rovers shock everybody with a brilliant performance at Leicester. I cannot thank you enough. You paid my rent for me this month. Uh, no, I'm I mean, not joking either. These, these were the – it's funny that we talk about this because these were exactly the upsets. Like, I think you you were on Sheffield. I was a little more like I just want the under in this. But Grimsby and Blackburn were – just, I mean, they're coming up against sides that are floundering, and and I'm so happy that we nailed those. But those were the two that we really were the only ones we had question marks about. I think we said favorites and all the other ones, except for your West Ham bet. Uh, but, I mean, it was just absolutely fantastic to see them get it done. I think Blackburn deserved that win. Grimsby Town definitely did. But, I mean, you have to say, really, Leicester and Southampton, it's, it's by their own fault. You know, you look at the way they played, especially Grimsby with the penalty. I mean, it's just unbelievable well i mean let's talk about southampton because you know southampton they're okay and we talked about it they just rely too much on um they just rely too much on james ward prowse yep (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah those uh, for those of you that don't know i just got a specific text from the missus uh talking about how i (laughs) took up her spot from the stanley and didn't bring up the fact that the other day I was all out of water in my Stanley. Her Stanley was just chilling there with water. So up, so I just drank it with absolutely no shame in my game. Yep. Why uh, not? Why not? I mean, I'm still not drinking out of a jug like a wild animal, but that's fine. Hey, not all heroes wear capes. Yes. All right. Back to Grimsby. I'm so happy. Thank you for knocking out Southampton. James Ward-Prowse, you can suck it, sir. You can suck it, you loser. Uh, Fleetwood had Burnley on the on the ropes for a minute, too. Those guys came out. They were down to 10 men the entire second half. Took a 90th-minute winner there. Um, and then, again, Tuesday, you had Brighton come out. They barely beat Stoke. But, I mean, one nothing's kind of what I expected in that game. Blackburn, yeah. as we already talked about, shocked the world. Credit to you for nailing Fulham. I was wrong about Leeds. We're going to talk about them in a minute, too. I'm excited to talk about that one. But, hey, Manchester City, 3-0 win. I'm fine with it. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that it was it went I, – I, I know you were a little bit more uh, nervous about – not nervous, but you were more on the plus two for, you know, Bristol there. But it was a very 
business-minded win, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It was a win where they got an early goal, and then obviously Bristol had to push because it's a knockout situation, and yeah. they got a couple late goals, but it felt very much start to finish like, you know, City were in control the entire time. They had over 70% of possession. I mean, I was watching it. It was one of the worst games I've ever watched because I've never seen a team look more bored with playing football than Manchester City did in that game. They just were, it was going through the motions in every possible sense of the phrase. But, uh, you know, a, a very business ended win. They didn't have to expend too much energy to get it. And, uh, you know, they should be fresh for a big, big game this weekend against Newcastle. Yeah. So let's talk about the big game. Premier League, you have tomorrow morning. My favorite slot is. 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. I love it because the house is quiet. The mouse are still sleeping. The cats are still sleeping. It's a glorious time to be alive. Okay. Manchester City, Newcastle. This is a massive, massive, massive game for Manchester City. And frankly, I'm a little bit concerned because you have a Newcastle team that is going to be well-rested after their loss on uh, Sunday against Manchester United. We know how good defensively Newcastle is and frankly everything I've seen out of Manchester City I'm not all that confident in them moving forward I'm not all that confident in them finishing games off like even that Bristol game I agree with you it was workman like they got that first goal and then they kind of chilled and you know they knew that they had the game and then they eventually scored the second and third toward the end of the game but that was mainly because Bristol was just opening themselves up um and I think I'm still a little gun shy because of what happened a couple of weeks ago against Nottingham Forest, where we dominate the game. We're up on nothing the whole time. And yeah. then, of course, that stupid goal just comes in and screws us. Um, and same thing happened against Leipzig. Leipzig was way better in the second half. I think this is a really interesting game from a betting perspective. I'm not mm. touching it. More importantly, for those of you that do want to touch it, Newcastle do have a bit of an advantage. Brian, I believe I brought this up on this podcast, but I know I've brought it up to you personally. Um, on game days, I do not speak to my mother before the games because the woman, while I love her, mom, I love you. If you listen to this, thank you for everything you've done in my life. The woman is the kiss of death recently, so I do not talk to her on game days. Uh, she will be sleeping over my house tonight due to a massive snowstorm coming our way. So Newcastle will have a big advantage because I can't really avoid her tomorrow morning. <laughs> can't yeah. do it. I mean, I, I personally love this game. This is, for me at least, I think this is a do-or-die game for City. I think this will define their season in the Prem uh, because if they drop points here, I just do not see Newcastle, or excuse me, Arsenal losing to Bournemouth. Um, but like I said, it's do-or-die for City. They're either making a title run, they're trying to challenge Arsenal, Arsenal really keep the pressure on them, or they're just done and they're focusing entirely on the... Champions League, we know that they're going to get top four because City are good enough to maintain uh, that point uh, progression there in the league. But when you look at Manchester City, the thing that I'm most inspired by is that they have not been at their best. We all know that. We all feel that. But they're still scoring goals, uh, even just one or two. They obviously had three against Bristol. But you know who's not scoring goals is Newcastle United. They were shut out against Manchester United, even though they had some absolutely brilliant chances. Now, I think that Ederson, as much as he's been very questionable of late, he's still a fantastic keeper. And I just don't see how Newcastle are going to get past uh, their own, get out of their own way. They've had just as many chances created as they did in the first half of the season, but they aren't putting them in the back of the net. And when you don't have confidence in your finishing, how are you going to do it in a game that has massive implications in terms of your top four 
capabilities. I think this game means far more to Manchester City uh, in the sense of exactly what you've been saying. People are kind of out on them. So they they need to show that they can get it done. And I think they do it here. I think it's a little bit steep, the money line price of minus 200. Uh, but for me personally, I've taken the minus one at minus 125. It's a little juicy, but I'm just that confident. And I, I'll tell you this, I think that they're going to get a couple of goals. I think that Manchester City plus the over one and a half is a way that you can also do this if you want to, uh, you know, lower the juice a little bit on the money line and feel a little comfortable. That's minus 140, but I just don't see Newcastle scoring here. So I'm taking Manchester City minus one to win in a, you know, pretty gross two nil type of game. Let me bring this up to you because I actually agree with the majority of what you're saying. Um, so from a betting perspective, I think this per- provides a lot of value. Manchester City in the under two and a half plus 325. Okay. I mean, yeah. The only, I mean, the only danger in that is just if Newcastle snag one because City's defense has been shaky. Uh, they're definitely not encouraging at all. I mean, even Bristol had a few very, very clear chances in that game that they didn't put away. But again, I, I just don't trust Newcastle um, to score but I also don't trust city's defense. So I'm not going to say under two and a half, but also city could score three themselves. I just, sure. uh, I'm, I'm not in the uh, business of betting Manchester city unders. Very, very true. Uh, and I agree with you. It's a must win game for us just because yeah. Arsenal are not losing to Bournemouth. I think Arsenal will dismantle them by multiple goals. I think it's a very, very oh, easy wager to make. Uh, I, it's going to be a massacre. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and this is, again, what I said. So it's do or die for City because it's if they don't win, and I mean win, not get a point, win this game, they're done in the title race. I mean, they just can't, they can't afford to expend too much energy trying to win the rest of their games and make a UCL run. It's not going to work out for them. Uh, Also, it's because I think this is Arsenal's title decider. If they win this game, especially emphatically, all they have left is Europa League, I just don't think that matters to them that much because this would be an absolutely massive, massive win for them to get this premiership title. Uh, They would be very happy to punt on the Europa League if it meant getting a title. And I think that's exactly what they're going to be doing. So I see this as a slam dunk for Arsenal, Uh, you know, a four nil drubbing of Everton. I don't think we're going to see that. Um, but I do think that we are going to see Arsenal absolutely smash it. Uh, I've done Arsenal in a couple of different accumulator bets, um, but I think that they're good value for money on the minus two there at plus 108. I've personally done, again, I know it's square as all hell, but a little Manchester City Arsenal money line parlay is minus 120. I think that is solid there. Smart way to go. Uh, let's talk about another team in London, one that is in a very big race that I know you can't wait to talk about. Mm. Let's talk about Chelsea, who go up against Leeds now. Chelsea have been atrocious, and, you know, I know you really want to talk about it, so I'm just going to set the stage for you. Tell me more about this race Chelsea's in. Well, Chelsea is in one of the most exciting races in the Premiership, and it's uh, the race to 10 goals against Manchester United zone, Fred. Fred, a defensive midfielder for Manchester United, has scored six goals since November. Chelsea, as a team, have scored six goals since November. That is one of the wildest, most damning stats I have ever seen in my life. Now, Fred has gotten a couple more goals than he normally would or you'd normally expect. So, you know, credit to him. He's been playing 
very, very well in most of his performances. But the idea that a central defensive midfielder has more goals than your entire team. And this is the other fucking crazy thing. Fred doesn't start every match. I would say on average, he plays 60 minutes per match if you took all that time since November. So in two thirds of the amount of time that Chelsea has had, he has as many goals as their entire team. It's just, it's mind blowing what's happening at Chelsea. Like I said earlier, I think their fans have kind of come to terms with them punting on the season and just whatever, but it's just absolutely stunning to me. They're incapability in front of goal and you don't see it changing i mean the biggest thing when you look at chelsea and why it's absolutely fucking bananas that they are minus 155 against the lead side who are just crap i mean absolutely terrible at the minute but you look at chelsea and you just you cannot in any way tell me that you're confident in any aspect of what they do in any aspect of what they do. Because in their last few games, shut out by Tottenham in a 2-0 loss, shut out by Southampton in a 1-0 loss, shut out by Dortmund in a 1-0 loss, drew 1-1 with West Ham, 0-0 with Fulham, 0-0 with Liverpool. 1-0 on January 15th against Palace was their last time getting a win. And <laughs> one of three games since the beginning of January where they've scored. It's just, it's wild to me how bad they are and it's not exclusively up front it's their defense as well but it's just with the players that they have there with the size of the club i just don't oh, know no 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 i don't want to hear size of the club no 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 there's still a second tier team there'll always be a second tier team i don't want to yeah but that. i mean even a second tier team if it's like it's equally shocking how bad newcastle have been in front of goal you know like if you all of a sudden spurs had scored six goals in what is it now almost four months that i mean a, a fucking one and a half goals a month are we kidding me like that's I, that's insanity you're missing the key part of the story is that they're averaging one and a half goals per month per month okay and they spent over $500 million in January to go get all these incredibly talented players. And the fun thing is, and it, again, I'm glad you just brought up that number of one and a half goals a month because their team total tomorrow is one and a half goals against Leeds. Have you, are you, are honestly, are, have people lost their minds? Like, I, oh, by the way, to all the Chelsea fans, I want to give you a big congratulations and a clap. Because you guys seemingly starting to figure out that maybe Graham Potter doesn't have the answers. Okay, this guy ain't yeah, good. Thank God. He doesn't have a clue as to what he's doing. He's a moron that just fell into stacks and stacks and stacks of money. And I'm convinced I could do a better job than Graham Potter. Harry Potter could do a better job than that Bobo. Okay, that guy said, you know what? Screw it. Hermione could do a better job than Graham Potter. All right, the guy sucks. He had no business being a Chelsea manager. Y'all royally screwed up by firing Tuchel. And I also love the Chelsea fans that come up. And every time I say this, and again, one of my good friends is a Chelsea fan. You knew since in JMP, I know you're a Chelsea fan too. And you probably say the same thing because y'all are like a cult. Well, we wouldn't have had the same team if it was Thomas Tuchel. I'm pretty sure Tuchel could spend $500 million better than Graham Potter could. Okay, pretty sure. Pretty confident in that. I'm pretty sure... My girlfriend's five-year-old brother could spend $500 million better than Graham Potter does. Bozos. Yeah. 
people. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. And also when you look at, you know, their their injuries, they're now without Thiago Silva at the back uh, for at least about a month, they're saying. And it's still questionable whether or not Pulisic and N'Golo Conte are going to play. I mean, just whatever it is, sign me up for saving money by not betting on them in any capacity in any game for the rest of the season. Because I just... I. I cannot believe what this team is doing with the assets that they have, how poor they've been. And it's crazy to say that with the people that they have and and the ability they should be able to win games with, they're playing a lead side that if you told me on Sunday that Leeds have beaten Chelsea 2-0, I'd believe you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not touching the game. Zero, no, no money will I spend looking in any capacity at fucking Chelsea. No way. No, absolutely not. It's just throwing away money. I've thrown away enough money on those bozos. Um, But let's keep things rolling here again. Staying in London, big game here against the guys that we were just taking a dump on. Tottenham, they're going against Wolves. I'm going to tell you what, I'm all over Wolves here. I think Wolves on the money line is a good bet. I think they all played Liverpool the other day. They just got unlucky a couple times. Happens. Uh, They feel like a team that's really on the upswing. Again, I know that they have one point in their last three games. I understand that. One of those losses was against Bournemouth. They haven't been able to tuck the ball in the back of the net. However, they're against a Tottenham team that has had their head up their ass for the better part of the last six months. Uh, They don't even know who their manager is. They are just completely up and down. This is a Tottenham team that lost to a Sheffield team that we already talked about was missing six starters from the division below. Uh, In that first game, they played against Wolves earlier this year. Let's be honest, Wolves were the better team. Wolves have improved since then. You're going to get Wolves on the money line here at plus 220. Wolves is my play. Great. I mean, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Uh, Spurs are just the biggest roller coaster in world football. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I don't like anything in this game beyond the under two and a half. That's the only thing that I'm looking at because Spurs, you can never tell what they're going to be able to do, but they're not exactly a giant free scoring team. However, we know that Wolves at most work to get that uh, you know, one goal type of smash and grab win. So I can see you getting this win here at one nil. Uh, I do not see a open end to end lots of goals type of game. So give me that under two and a half. There you go. Let's talk about the big game on Sunday. Now, huge, huge, huge implications here. You have Manchester United, obviously the hottest team in all of England. And then you also have Liverpool who have been not great. But they're still in the race for top four, technically, coming off a yep. win over Wolves. They should be fairly confident. I'm stunned that the bookmakers are leaning toward Liverpool here. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Anfield is a very, very tough place to go and play. And also United, at least in recent years, don't have the best track record going there. Um, you know, it's just a situation where I think people are being very harsh on Liverpool. I mean, yes, they haven't been playing the most insane competition, but when you look at uh, their last five games, they've kept a clean sheet in four of them, obviously not against Real Madrid, but which one did they not keep one in? Yeah, but that was in the champions league and Real Madrid is a very different side, but you know, again, they haven't been playing world beaters, but wolves palace, Newcastle and Everton, Keeping a clean sheet against all four of those in the league is very big. Uh, The fact that they've scored two goals in every game except for the Palace game, that's also, you know, a very good sign for them. I think they're starting to get a little bit more confident up front. In no way do I think this is an easy 
Liverpool bet on them situation. Obviously, as a fan of United, I wouldn't do that anyway. But I think what you're seeing here is books being very hyper aware that United have played a lot of games and going to Anfield is very difficult. Whether it, you could have, you know, Liverpool at the bottom of the league and Manchester United at the top of the league clear by 20 points, and this would still be a very, very tough game. One of the biggest rivalries in world football. Uh, I think you know, this is going to be a tough test for United. But if there's one person to get him over the line here, it's Eric Ten Hag. And luckily he's at the helm with us. Uh, you know, United, I think one of the reasons why they're getting a little bit of shtick here is because they haven't beaten any of the big six at home this year. But we've only played Arsenal and City. Lost both those games. You know, uh, other than Fulham, there's no team in the top 12 that we've beat at home. But we still have yet to go to Newcastle, to go to Spurs, to go to Chelsea. So, you know, it's a little bit of a stat that's not the biggest deal. What I like here, though, is goals. I mean, if there's one thing that we've seen from Manchester United recently, it's that they've been scoring. They've scored in 22 of their 24 games uh, in the Prem this year. And also, I mean, they've scored at least two in their last uh, five games. So, I really like that. I think that Liverpool could notch one as well. I'm going to be taking the both teams to score and over one and a half, or excuse me, and over two and a half uh, at a minus 120 price. And personally, I just, like I said to you uh, midweek, I am riding with Manchester United until these wheels fall off. So I'm taking Manchester United on the money line at plus 180 at a fantastic price for, you know, arguably the most informed team in football. Yeah, I mean, listen, dude, I am on board with everything you said. It's kind of funny that you just said that you're going to take both teams to score and over two and a half because we were just talking about that pre-show about a different game. And what did I tell you the final score was going to be? 1-1. I am actually going to take the draw here at plus 262. And I swear to you, I'm not screwing with you. I was actually planning on betting the draw (laughs) 1-1. Wow, six fifty. Uh, so it's kind of funny that you said that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I would do a draw and then a separate sprinkle on that one one because what I see here is gold. Like it would not surprise me in the least if we saw a two two three two type of game here. Yeah. I think it's going to be very open because you have tired legs. Both teams played midweek. Obviously, United have been playing a cavalcade of games. Uh, I think we're going to see that. But also, when you look at the matchups, it's very aggressive or excuse me, it's very attacking minded. Like Marcus Rashford is going to eat Trent Alexander-Arnold alive. But also Darwin Nunes is a menace. By no means is Varane and Martinez just going to shut him down and completely take him out of the game. That doesn't happen. Mo Salah's world-class, even though he's, you know, kind of a little bit off the boil. I think when you look at the attacking play of both sides, it's going to be very, very open. Uh, And yeah, I just, I can see goals all over the place in this game. One thing that I do really think about in this situation as well, though, is what it means for both clubs, what their motivation is for Manchester United. One, they haven't won any big away games yet this year in the league, Um, you know, going into the new camp and, and really we should have won that game, but drawing two, two is a very, very impressive feat, but going into Anfield and winning at Anfield would be probably our biggest win of the year really um and i think that the don't players forget, that don't forget that you got your other biggest one of the year when you played them last time i mean people forget how badly manchester united started the season yeah. I mean, you guys got embarrassed in the first two games people are already oh, talking about absolutely. sacking ten hog and oh he's not ready and this and that two games into his tenure they were already talking about it then yeah. that liverpool game on that monday night changed everything we cashed plus 650 i think we were both on that yeah. um and yeah listen it's a real interesting one. 
we're going to see what happens, but I am going to bet the exact score 1-1, and I'm also going to bet the draw here. Um, definitely excited to see how that one shapes up. Now, here's my question. Is it is it game time? Is it game time? Is it game time? No, I love to hear that. I do love it. I mean, so listen, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about here. We're going to do a little start bench cut action. This is my favorite. I know you have a player one. I know you had some other stuff that you wanted to talk to me about. Uh, you want to go first or should I? Yeah, well, let me start with this one because I'm going to start with a non-player one. But this, I think, is the most prescient in terms of uh, what we've been talking about here with the Prem. So this is a start bench cut, but for teams. And so I want you to think about which team do you think is going to stay in uh, the Champions League spots? Which team is playing in Europe next year? Which is just going to finish, you know, mid-table, top half? And uh, which team is really going to drop out of these three? So you have Newcastle currently sitting uh, in that fifth spot, 41 points. You know, uh, playing playing great defense, but like we said, absolutely zero offensive ability at the minute. Then you have Tottenham, who are just, I mean, like I said, the biggest roller coaster in football, currently sitting in fourth with 45 points. You know, who knows what's going to happen game to game. Oh, also, by the way, Newcastle have two games in hand on Spurs. uh, So that's obviously big. And finally, sitting in sixth place, Liverpool, 39 points, uh, game in hand on Spurs, uh, you know, six points back from fourth place. Big game this weekend against Manchester United. Who do you think stays in a Champions League spot? Who do you think kind of stays in that mid-table, maybe Europa League, and who falls down the table? Ironically, I think all three of these are going to drop points this weekend. Okay. I'm going to start off by cutting. So good for Spurs then. I'm going to start off by cutting Spurs though. Like that team has just been too up and down. They're not good enough. They don't have the depth. Mm. Coaching is clearly a disaster. Again, they don't even know who their manager is. Cut Spurs immediately. This is fairly tight now because Liverpool have a much easier schedule. And let's be honest, they have the veterans. They've had guys that have been here before. But in reality, that team is just not good enough. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start Newcastle. I am believing in Newcastle to finish top four. I'm going to bench Liverpool, who I think are going to make a run. They're going to make it interesting. But at some point, the lack of depth will play a factor in this. Okay? Wow. Okay. And I'm cutting Tottenham. I have no interest in Tottenham anymore. See you later. Go to the conference (laughs) league where y'all belong. Damn. I mean, just a a quick on Newcastle. You have Newcastle, obviously, this weekend against City, that's huge. But they still have to play Manchester United at home, so that's always positive. Uh, They will host Spurs, Arsenal, and then finish the season away to Chelsea. So they have some tough matches coming up, obviously. I think uh, Spurs has the easiest of all of them in terms of games left to play. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting. If you had to ask me, I mean, it sucks to say, but in my heart of hearts, I do not think that Newcastle will be able to withstand Liverpool breathing down their necks. I think that Liverpool is going to leapfrog them and then Spurs are going to inevitably stay top four. Oh, oh, I just I can see I, I can see a path where Newcastle just continue to drop points because they drop belief in themselves. Uh, I do like Eddie Howe, but he very clearly needs to work on the finishing with his players. It's just incredible how poor they've been recently. Um, but also with Liverpool, I just I can see them 
kind of taking some confidence in their recent performances. And I think it'll be good for them being out of the Champions League because it'll be able to focus them on a singular goal of getting top four. And then Spurs, I mean, they took themselves out of everything. So that'll be the only thing they're playing for. They know that Harry Kane's gone this year, so they need to be able to entice players to come in with that Champions League spot. So I I really think it's going to be a race between Spurs and Liverpool and the fact that Spurs have a six-point head start on them and don't have to play uh, Manchester United this weekend is, you know, pretty much what sells it for me. All right, my turn. Let me give you a start bench cut here. Three teams on the other side of the table. Three teams are going to be Leicester, Leeds, Everton. Start bench cut those three teams and tell me if any of them get relegated. Leicester, Leeds, and Everton. Well, looking at the table, I think it would be shocking to see Leicester continue to slide the way they have because of the talent that they have on their team i mean they're not they're not far off the drop they're only three points clear um you know and also they have a game in hand so that's good but they just have quality players on their team and at one point you have to think they're going to put in some performances if you put you know lester up against leeds i would think that lester would be the favorite in that game if you put you know uh, uh lester up against everton Everton would probably take that one, but I think Leeds is going to go down. I think uh, I just haven't seen anything that really inspires. Maybe, you know, they'll get this new manager bounce and be able to find a little bit of rhythm, but I mean, I just don't see it. None of their performances look inspired. None of the attacks look dangerous anymore. It seems like they've really lost their way. Um, and I think it could be a real crushing blow if, you know, you look at their next few games and they don't have it that easy either. They play Chelsea this weekend. Again, not that that's a tough game, but Wolves is a tough place to go and that'll be a relegation six pointer. Then they go to Arsenal, you know, Forest is a relegation six pointer palace. Then they have to play Liverpool. I mean, they still have to play city, Newcastle Spurs. I just think that they have a tough schedule and I don't think they have the squad to do it. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm going to start Everton here. I think Everton yep. are obviously the best of the three. I'm going to bench Leeds. I'm not high on Leeds, but I'm benching. Okay. And I'm cutting Leicester. I think Leicester wow. is a team that may actually get relegated. Every time I watch them, their defense is incredibly leaky. Wow. Okay. Schmeichel is no longer there, man. Danny Ward is not a good goalkeeper. He has been atrocious. Okay. okay. We saw it midweek. This is a team that has leaky defense. They don't play inspired. And if James Madison's yeah. not on the field, they don't have much creativity. I mean, Kalechi Iconacho is quietly having one of the seasons of his life. I mean, mm. especially over the last couple of months, he has been brilliant. He has been their savior. Uh, Leicester City, I actually really believe that team is going down. Wow. I mean, yeah, I... I... I would be shocked, but at the same time, I can see what you're saying because that is a team you absolutely cannot trust at the back. There's absolutely no way that you can bet on Lester right now, especially with Madison out. I mean, I think he's not playing this weekend again, which is just tragedy, tragedy for Lester and Lester fans. Again, I re- the reason that I think that Lester City are going to go down, if you look at the teams behind them, mm. you have all these teams are within three points of them, okay? You have Everton that we can agree are actually playing a lot better right now. They look like a team that should be able to claw themselves out of the gutter. Leeds, I understand that they have really hit a rough patch. They haven't played all that well. There's still immense amount of talent on that team. And if they happen to go on a little bit of a winning streak, it really wouldn't surprise everybody. West Ham's a team. 
I genuinely like West Ham. I think that they've shown some promise at times. They just haven't put it together. They're not getting relegated. They're going to find a way to stay up. Wolves, we're both high on Wolves. We don't need to really go too far into it. And then there's Leicester City there. They're three points ahead of that relegation zone. And those teams behind them are actually pretty decent teams that can get hot and run a few wins up here. Leicester City will go down. Okay. All right. Hey, I mean, it'll be interesting to see uh, what a what a collapse from them if that were to happen. But, you know, I, I just – I think that there's a lot of teams down there that, to be fair, wouldn't surprise me in the least if all of a sudden you saw, you know, Southampton, they have to go. They just have to go. And Bournemouth, I think, as well. But all of a sudden, Forrest could go on a losing streak as well and be right there. I mean, you have really, you know, seven teams – uh, excuse me, eight teams that are real close to the drop. And if you you could make a very strong case for any one of them, I think West Ham will stay up again based on talent, but who knows? You know, while we're talking about Leicester City, I do want to ask you, because again, we've had this conversation personally, never on the podcast. That magical run Leicester City had, the main components, Casper Schmeichel, Riyad Mahrez, N'Golo Kante, and of course, Jamie Vardy. Yep. Three of the four left. Three of the four cashed in. Casper Schmeichel took a little while to leave, but he eventually got a nice deal. He left as well. Did Jamie Vardy make a mistake by staying at Leicester City? So this is one of those things where I think that no, because in my heart of hearts, one, he got his money. He got the bag. You know, like this wasn't some situation where he turned down a bunch of money to go to Real Madrid. But if he had gone to Real Madrid, and we've seen his career kind of how it's panned out. I just don't think he would have been at that elite status anymore. And they would have binned him to somewhere like the Serie A. Or he would have had to come back to the champ or something like that. Or go back to Leicester as, you know, a kind of fallen star. Whereas spending his entire career at Leicester, you know, he's a, he's a Fox's hero. Forever in his life, he will be the guy that Lester regards as he was our striker. He was the one who took us there on his back, on his goals. He is going to be a Lester hero for his entire life. And had he left at the peak of their powers, um, he wouldn't have had such a warm feeling about him with the fans. I don't think he would have made too much more money because it wouldn't have lasted that long. I mean, you see the drop that it's happened. He was already pretty old at the time anyway. I just don't think, I think it would have been, Embarrassing is the wrong word, but I think his career trajectory would have been a lot more just straight downhill. Whereas with Lester, it's like he's still their guy. Now he's coming off the bench a lot more, fostering in the younger kids. But I also, it wouldn't surprise me for one second if he all of a sudden was on the coaching staff for Lester, you know, like being a true lifer there. Um, and I think that the reason why he stayed and the reason why overall it was the right decision is because, you know, he, he's a he's a proper Midlands boy, I'm pretty sure. Um, a Leicester man through and through best for his family, best for his community. And, you know, they rewarded him with a fantastic contract for these past couple of years. If he left Leicester city, he would have been Felipe Coutinho. Go to there you go. Coming go back to the Prem in disgrace. Yeah. And now you're not even starting for Austin Villa. Nope. I mean, listen, man, Jamie Vardy had a couple magical seasons and I don't want to label him as a one hit wonder. Cause he did have a few decent seasons afterward. He did not belong on a big team. He belonged on that Leicester City team. I have long said I will forever respect the guys that do not abandon their team. Obviously, I'm from Boston. I grew up with Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is one of my idols because he stayed in Boston through all the tough times. He never left. We love him for it. We're going to build a statue outside for him. 
We all love Paul. He never like, left. Well, we got rid of him afterward. I mean, listen, we had <laughs> he we didn't had leave you. you. Yeah, he didn't leave us. We, we got rid of him. <laughs> Big difference. Love okay. you, Paul. Love you, Paul. Fair I enough. Listen to this. No, uh, I mean, I, I totally get it. Because also, like, you can't, it's tough to go to places when your career has plateaued. Like, he wasn't going to get any better. And he was already older. So it's not like he had, like, a perfect example is Cristiano Ronaldo. Because you look at, he all of a sudden got a lot better at Manchester United and became this elite, electric player. And then he went to Real Madrid, where he got even better and stayed there for a decade with Jamie Vardy, max, he would have had max two seasons yeah. of pretty solid talent level. And then he would have fallen off a fucking cliff. Whereas, you know, younger players and in Coutinho's defense, it's like, yeah, he was a fantastic player at Liverpool. They wanted him. It didn't work out. You know, Barca also has been destroying young players fucking careers recently. But it's just I think that he made the right decision because of his personal situation where he was in his career and the fact that again like you love those players who are with a team for so long that retire with them you know like it's just there's something special about those type of guys that you never forget and you know you can even forgive later in life going like you said like you said with Paul Pierce later in life when you're definitely over the hill and you just want to keep playing football so you go to a smaller club but really you're always you know a united player always a leicester player or something like that people love that i love what club said uh, in the press conference, I forgot where the press conference was, but he came out and he said, if I told Felipe Coutinho, if you stay at Liverpool, they will build a statue for you outside mm. of the stadium one day. If you go to Barcelona, you will forever be another player. You will yeah. always be just another player that wore the Barcelona jersey and won some trophies. And it's 100% true. And uh, Jamie Vardy, good on you for staying Let's Worth go back that. to start bench cut, buddy. All right. So this I one, this Ooh. is a little bit of a, a a guessing game for you. So I have three players, three strikers, and I'm talking specifically about this weekend, start bench cut. What are you doing with? But I want you to tell me and think about this based on their opponent. What goals do you think will happen? Who is going to be the best start here? So we got Harry Kane starting for Spurs against Wolves. We got Ivan Tony starting for Brentford against Fulham. And I'm throwing him in there. Kai Havertz starting for Chelsea against Leeds. Okay. Uh, start Ivan Tony. Okay. Consistently scoring goals. Good matchup for him. I'm going to bench Kai Havertz. I think Kai Havertz could have a decent enough game. Not even sure if he starts, but frankly, uh, again, Chelsea as a whole are in a race with Fred, so you can't really trust him to score any type of goals. Cut Harry Kane because, again, uh, you can't trust Tottenham moving forward. Uh, if Son is on the bench, as he apparently is forever now, who's the one that's going to be creating for Harry Kane? And Harry Kane, while I think he's a decent enough finisher, can't really create his own goals anymore. And Wolves are going to be stable. Wolves could easily post a clean sheet, so I'm cutting Harry Kane, start Ivan Tony, and bench uh, Kai Havertz. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Now, in that regards, what do you think their prices are for an anytime goal? I'm going to give you the three prices. Remember, Ivan Tony, Harry Kane, Kai Havertz. I'm going to give you the three prices. You tell me who you think is what. So one of them is priced at plus 105. One is priced at plus 125. 
And the final one, biggest price, plus 190. Who's who? Harry Kane, plus 105. Havertz, 125. And Ivan Tony 190. All right. Well, I will tell you you're completely wrong. What? And uh, the books agree with you. Ivan Tony plus 105. Harry Kane, plus 125. And Kai Havertz, plus 190. Ooh. And the reason oh, why ooh. I highlighted these three players is because I was thinking about strikers this weekend, you know, getting a, a goal-scoring prop going, something like that, for my best prop of the weekend. And I was just kind of looking around the Chelsea one just for fun. And literally exactly like you, I was like, wow, the books have priced this exactly how I would think it. There is zero name value at all to, not that Kai Havertz has much name value, but just like, it's wild to see a name like Kai Havertz on Chelsea playing against fucking Leeds. And he's almost a two to one shot as their main striker. Whereas Ivan Tony, Brentford's been struggling a little bit recently. He's still plus 105. I mean, even Harry Kane is plus 125, a better price than Ivan Tony. And he's going to 100% be starting and playing this weekend. It's just pretty wild price uh, to see those coming out for the boys. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I would, I would 100% bet that Havertz to score a goal. It's mm. a shoddy leads defense. Absolutely. That's a nice looking price right there. But hey, yeah. let me throw a start bench cut at you. Now, we're All not right. going to do players, I want to do leagues. Okay. Okay. Talk about specific. Love this. Yes. Start bench cut. Serie A, La Liga, and Bundesliga. Well, obviously, my start is going to be the Bundesliga. I will bench La Liga and cut Serie A. Uh, I just think that Serie A is a near unwatchable product most of the time. Uh, it's just they're so soft i mean i know every league is soft but like the rate at which guys are diving and going down and rolling over and over and over and screaming like they're dead just drives me fucking up a wall and in general like most of the games that i watch are just so boring and and the majority of the game is played within 10 yards of the midway line because no one's really in depth attacking unless it's an absolute blowout against, you know, like Juventus against Celta Vigo or something like that. I just don't find the product enjoyable. Uh, La Liga. I love because there is some drama. Obviously you have, you know, one of the top five biggest rivals in world football with Real Madrid and Barcelona. Um, but in general, again, like there's a lot of ticky tack play, a lot of just hold up, hold the ball, you know, sit on possession. Um, you know, you definitely get some good games here and there, and there's more teams that are good in La Liga. But Bundesliga, I mean, it's an absolutely electric league. Anything can happen. You have small guys beating Bayern Munich, who is easily the best team in that league. There's a title race almost every single year between more than just Bayern Munich and Dortmund. Like, I mean, with the story of Union Berlin, I mean, it's one of the greatest stories in sports. If they were to pull off this, it would be bigger than the Leicester City win. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible what this team has come from. Holy shit, what a goal in the Dortmund game. I'm sorry. But that that's my point. I, I got the Dortmund game on right here. It's its an incredible goal from Emre Chan uh, outside oh, the box. <laughs> Strike 2-0 to Dortmund. But yeah, I mean, the Bundesliga, I love watching. I would watch Bochum play against Stuttgart. I would watch Bayern Munich play Dortmund. It doesn't matter what game I'm watching. I think it's definitely a more electric league. And it's very physical. You don't have all these diving, you know just look for fouls all the time type of plays. I'm a big fan of what I see there. And um, yeah, I, I would 
100% start Bundesliga easily every time over those two leagues. I think it's pretty close. Uh, I actually agree with you, though. I'm starting the Bundesliga. Bundesliga is, in my opinion, more entertaining than the Premier League. Uh, from pure entertainment value, exceptional. Dramatics and stuff, it's all about the Premier League. But talent-wise, in it really is about the Bundesliga for me. Next, I do like La Liga, so I'm going to bench La Liga, and I'm going to cut City Odd, despite the fact that I love Milan and what they're doing and the young players over there. Like, I love Sandro Tonali. Tonali is the most underrated midfielder in the world. I love him every time I watch him. He reminds me so much of Gattuso. It's unbelievable. I love okay. Rafa Leal. Rafa Leal is an absolute monster. Um, and Zlatan's back. So, I mean, like, how can you not love AC Milan? Not to mention the fact... Napoli, again, one of our sleepers in the Champions League. So don't sleep on the city. Uh, but yeah, the lower the lower teams in that division are just, they're miserable to watch. It, I mean, I, I'm not joking. Like, especially during COVID when, you know, we were sitting at home a lot and watching as much sport as we possibly could. I watched a hell of a lot of Syria because they were playing more games in times that other leagues weren't. And it's just, it's, I, I would have to be on my phone. I'd have to put on something else on a different screen so that I didn't have to watch it and would occasionally get, you know, the goal updates and stuff. It's just untenable to watch that shit. And you can see it in Europe. You see it in the Europa League, in the Champions League. Italian sides are just so frustrating to watch because it's just not the style of football that I enjoy. Um, and yeah, I, I think you nailed it though with Bundesliga. I'm not sure it's more exciting than the Prem. I think the Prem has the most drama in world football, but I can see what you're saying. And I absolutely love it. I mean, I follow Bundesliga with rapt attention. Yeah, absolutely. So let me give you another start bench cut here. Now, everybody knows we all love a good brew first thing in the morning. We love to have a nice beer, alcoholic beverage on a Champions mm. League night. You mm. crack open the Heineken. So mm. let's talk beer during the games. Okay. Start bench cut beer during the game. Heineken, Budweiser, Amstel. Jesus. None of those. Can I pick a fourth option? No. Uh, no I took I those three because those are the sponsors for soccer. Numb nuts. Hello. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Heineken. Budweiser or Amstel? Shit. Well, I'll probably uh, let's. I'm gonna be true to myself. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, at risk of embarrassing myself. But I, God dang it, I'm gonna have to start Amstel, bench Heineken, and cut Budweiser. Uh, I'm not a classic Budweiser fan. I like Bud Light better. Um, if you want to talk to me about a uh, good old Coors Banquet, oof, I'll jump on that. You want to talk to me about a Guinness? That's what I drink when I watch matches anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, Amstel, I'm going to be taking that. Just It's a Belgian one, right? I mean, just got solid flavor. Heineken, obviously a classic German lager. And uh, yeah, Budweiser's just the odd man out. First things first, Heineken. Heineken is my favorite beer of all time. There's no Doesn't surprise me. For it. Doesn't surprise me. You want to know why? Oh my God. One of my best friends in the whole world is a city fan. And that fool exclusively drinks Heineken. Yeah. Shout out Zach. Exclusively right. drinks Heineken. You city fans, you stick together, man. That's right, baby. Shout out to Zach. I don't know you, but I love you already, buddy. <laughs> to start, I'm going to bench uh, Amstel. I think Amstel is highly underrated. 
in uh, like I know you go overseas and like in Greece too. It's got like a different flavor. I love a good Amstel Light. Uh, and then Budweiser. I think Budweiser is so trash. Like even Bud Light. Right. Bud Light is like piss water. Like I remember selling that in college. Like, <laughs> dude, did I? I oh, I can tell the story now. I don't really. You were care. selling it in college. Oh, dude, I was a genius in college. You know what we used Jesus. to do? Jesus. So. Uh, I had my prom day actually worked at a liquor store. So what I used to do was I used to go stock up at the liquor store, hand her my normal license. She'd look at it, pretend to, you know, make sure I was 21, hand it back to me. No problem. Let me buy as much liquor as I wanted. So what we used to do was my buddy actually lived on campus at a college and they had these big pop-up ceilings. Mm -hmm. So what we used to do was we used to take all the beer into their, uh, into their dorm room. And his roommate actually got expelled. So he was the only one living in this dorm room. So what we did was we took all the beer and we used to put it up in the pop-up ceiling. And whenever it came to a Friday, Saturday night, you would be amazed the prices kids would pay for a six-pack of Bud Light. Like I used to go get the whole 30-pack for 20 bucks. And they'd be like, yo, I'll give you 20 bucks for six beers. Come on, man. Come on, man. Oh. Because they couldn't get beer elsewhere because they were so much younger. They were like 18, 19 years old. God damn, I was brilliant. By the way, I was like 17, 18 when I was doing this. Hey, hey, congratulations. I mean, smart business is smart business, no matter what age you are. Shit. Oh man, that was those were the best times. Like I was talking about somebody, I was talking about this with somebody else. Like I had the best time in college and I didn't even go to college. Like damn. I used to just show up there, party, have have grand old time, and then just, you know sell sell alcohol to these children that were like oh dude and then once you start breaking out the vodka and like stuff like that and they're like dude you got the go you got the absolute bro yo bro give me a give me a shot bro give me a buy one get one shit dude, i used to i made more money back then than i do now damn Good God. I mean, to be fair, Brilliant plan though, couldn't right? do that now because you go to jail forever selling, you know, booze to minors, but damn, that's fucking awesome. Brilliant move though, right? Absolutely. One right. of the proudest that... moments I've had, so I have a godson. One of the proudest moments I've ever had was when he called me randomly. I remember it was the day before Halloween. This was a few years ago. He calls me and goes, hey, you're the only person I know I can trust. I know you have a way to do it. Uh, I know you probably won't go buy me booze, but do you have a way for me to get booze? Because I'm going to like this college party. I really want to impress this chick. So I text him back. I was like, send me a picture of what this girl looks like. And she was a bona fide smoke show. And I was like, dude, I got you. So I text him. I was like, hey, head on over to my cousin's liquor store. I'll give him the heads up. You're coming. I'll show him your picture. Let him walk in, out, no problem. Get as much booze as he likes. And the kid ended up, you know, scoring a touchdown that night. Damn, dude. That's what I'm talking about. Shit. Proudest moment <laughs> godfather. Like, that kid has made me proud nonstop. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> oh, to be young and reckless. Oh, the good old days. Oh, man. Yeah, I got one more question for you, though. Tell me. This is all Sorry, I got. I'm getting I'm getting hammered here with people asking about the footy bets and what's going on with fucking Leipzig. Anyway. Oh, god damn it. Did they get scored on again? No, but it they're they're looking real bad. Great. Real, real bad. And I need awesome. a fucking goal from them. So one goal. I need two. So that's great. Uh listen, let me ask you. So we talked about the beverage. What is your favorite snack during a game? Oof. It depends on what. Okay. Is it am I watching my team? Yes. I can't eat. Seriously? Like, 
I, I'm I'm dead serious. It's got to be finger food that like I don't have to pay attention to. Like I don't know, fucking chips or uh, um, what do you call it? Like goldfish or I like literally doesn't matter to me because I'm too nervous to be able to eat. If it's a team that I'm not bothered about, I mean personally, it's tough with footy because it's always in the morning. Uh, but I'm a wings guy through and through my, my addiction to wings is just unreal. Watching sport of any kind with wings is my happy place. Uh, but most of the time I'm watching football at 8am. So that means I'm going to be having, you know, like a uh, cereal or something. I, but I can't eat a drink. Oh no, no cereal. That's ridiculous. That's preposterous. Um, my favorite snack by far during a game is candied nuts. I love candied nuts. Best candied nuts I've candy ever nuts. had. Oh, dude, yes. Awesome. Candy nuts. Shout out to a place in Des Moines, Iowa. I don't remember the name of this bar. Bro, they were the greatest candied nuts I've ever had. The Man. greatest candied nuts. I, oh, my God. I got hammered in Des Moines. Came home back to the hotel. I was eating the candied nuts. And, bro, they were a game changer. They were a life changer. Since then, I've been a candied nuts fan forever. Shit. There you go. Yes. Hell, yeah. I mean, I love candy in general so yeah i'm a i'm a big believer in sweets but yeah all right good shit yeah all right well let's get to it let's get to it enough talk about snacks and drinks god i need one let's get to our best bets best bet best parlay best prop what is your best bet for this weekend where are you going my best bet was on the stanley that i got that's where my best bet was Uh, listen, my best bet is actually, oh, cause technically that's a prop. So technically my best no, bet save is it for your prop. prop. Yes. So I have to save that. So what I'm going to take is actually going to be wolves at a pick at plus plus one fifty. in no way, shape or form. Can you trust Tottenham? Uh, I don't know if wolves win this game, but I do not see them losing this game and getting that pick price. I mean, that is just, it's such a no brainer for me. I'm all over wolves. I love that. All right. Wolves on the PK. Absolutely shocking. Shocking to hear you say that and mm-hmm. not say that you're taking the uh, double chance there because I was thinking about that anyway. Anyway, uh, good. Wolves there. My best bet. I'm going to Sunday. Uh, you're going to see a theme here, but my best bet is definitely going to be on Manchester United. Absolutely love this squad. Wow, the PK is up to plus 108. Jesus. Uh, love to see that. But no, mine is actually a goal-scoring prop. Team total over one and a half for Manchester United at plus 122. Uh, they're in fantastic scoring form. And also, I just do not rate uh, Liverpool's back line at the minute. I think that they can be had. Like I said, I think this is going to be an end-to-end game with emotions running high. A very big game for both teams. Give me that plus money. Give me the team that I love. Give me the team that is in form. Oh, that is fair enough. Uh, Player props, I'm going to start it off here because I can't wait to talk about it because you already brought it up, and it's about your favorite stupid team. Uh, Give me Marcus Rashford to score a goal at plus 160. That is a no-brainer. Trent Alexander-Arnold has been atrocious defensively. Marcus Rashford is the most informed player in the entire world. Okay, Uh, I'm not taking him over everybody like you are, you sociopath, but I love Marcus Rashford. I love what he's doing right now. Plus 160 running at uh, TAA the entire game, and Alisson has not been very good. Yeah, give me Rashi. Score a goal. Plus 160, baby. 
I love it. You know, I literally had that up and was going to say just bet it anyway, because that's an insane price for the form he's been in. But it wasn't my best prop because it felt like so much of a homer prop. Uh, I actually have two props here that I'm combining as uh, my favorites. I'm sorry. I hate when people do that when they say I have a best bet and it's actually two bets. Um, But I do like this bet a lot. And I'm going to see what it is right now when you parlay them together. But we'll start staying in the Manchester United game uh, with Anthony. This man will be starting at the weekend, I believe. If he doesn't, don't worry. Your bet will be voided. Um, But if there's one thing we know that he does, it's he loves to cut in on his left foot and take shots from the top of the box. It's what he does. A lot of them don't bend as much as he wants to or don't have the power, but go straight to the keeper. That's fine. I'm taking Anthony to have over one and a half shots on goal at plus 200. Uh, He's been fantastic in that regard. So, I have absolutely no problem. And at two to one, I think it is definitely a fantastic bet. And then another one that I like staying with shots on goal, going over to the other side of Manchester, uh, I'm going to be taking Ilkay Gundogan to have a shot on target. Uh, It's a fantastic price at minus 114. He always manages to uh, get himself involved. But I also think this is a game where Newcastle, they're going to be so focused on Erling Holland up there that it's going to be a classic Manchester City forward midfield attacking play and that is exactly what they do and at minus 114 to have one shot on target i think it is well worth it especially for a player of Ilkay Gundogan's creative caliber uh he knows what to do on the ball i absolutely believe that he is a brilliant player he was one of my favorites when he played with Dortmund so i'm taking that so two shots on goal for my best prop of the week it's going to be Ilkay Gundogan one shot on target at minus 114 and uh Anthony to have two shots on target at plus 200 and hey, you can parlay those two little bad boys together for a nice plus 475 banger. Ooh, speaking of parlays, best parlay of the weekend. So I said this two weeks ago, and I said that I hated it because it was so damn square. But oh, not again. It is square. And I'm just I'm just in a position where I can't afford to not say this because I believe it's going to happen. I truly do. I am going to be taking uh, Arsenal's team total over one and a half. And I'm going to parlay that with Manchester City team total over one and a half. You parlay those two bad boys together and you have a nice little plus price there. It's not as good as you think it would be, um, but it's a nice plus 110 for Arsenal to get the job done emphatically over Bournemouth and then City to, uh, you know, get a couple themselves. I like that plus 110 price. There you go. I am actually going to let my balls drop on my best parlay of the weekend. Uh Yeah, Uh that's right. Here we go, baby. I already talked about these two. I'm involving my best bet of the weekend. Two-teamer at 11-1. to Jeez. Wolves on the money line and give me a draw on Liverpool United, man. I mean, we talked about that length earlier. I think Wolves can pull it off, and I'm fairly confident in that draw bet. I feel really good about the draw on Liverpool United. Uh, I think it's a phenomenal wager. You're going to get massive value on a United team that's going to be tired, but aren't looking to lose, and you have a Liverpool team that hasn't really been able to win big matches in a bit. Uh, So I think there's really good value, and it really just comes down to Wolves. And honestly... They could easily be Tottenham if Tottenham aren't in the mood. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like it. I like it. That's that's an electric two-legger as well. When you get those kind of prices with two legs, yeah, I'm into it. 
And hey, you know what? I love the UFC. I'm actually fairly good at capping the UFC. And we have the card of the year this weekend. I know that this is a soccer show and I love y'all. But Snap. I'm going to give out a couple prices here. I'm going to surprise everybody. First of all, John Jones is back. He's the GOAT. He's a prick. He's an a-hole. And we all love him for it. He mm. has no idea how good he is. Cyril Gahn has no idea how good he is. John Jones, he's a money line favorite at minus 160. John Bones Jones is going to come out and whoop his ass. And then a shocker, a shocker of an upset that I'm calling right here on this podcast because I don't do any MMA podcasts, so I got to I gotta get it out here. Yeah. <laughs> People don't call me a liar afterward. My girl, Alexa Grasso, is going to shock the world at plus 600 against Valentina Shevchenko. People are just blindly betting Shevchenko at this point. Alexa Grasso can send her down. She is going to find a way to win this fight. That's right. Even my Alexa's going off right now. That's excited. Plus 600, baby. Sign me up. I'm ready. Good God. Plus 600. I mean, I know nothing about the UFC other than the highlights afterwards, but I miss having friends that like watch the UFC. You know what? I I have no problem saying it. I'm just too much of a pussy. I hate seeing people get the shit beat out of them, man. Like it just isn't, it's not a super fun. It's not super exciting. Uh, see, I, I find it to be exhilarating, especially if you find a good it's bar to a lot watch of people, yeah. Dude, when you find a good bar to watch a big UFC card at, you got 100 people going, ah, ah, and then you have, of course, two idiots that think that they're muscle men themselves, and then they start swinging at each other, and then people are making bets on, like, which one of those is going to win. Dude, it is so much fun. I don't have any more friends that watch the UFC. Like, I text my best friend, and my best friend, he's, like, kind of sort of into sports, but not really. So, like, he's like, nah, I'm good. And that's like my other friend. He's like, dude, I got two kids now. Like, and then he just took off to Florida for 10 days. So he abandons me. Uh, and just nobody wants to watch the UFC with me. And it makes me really sad because it's like my favorite thing to do on a Saturday night. Damn. Yeah. I need more. I mean, hey, Jesus, you got yourself to watch them. I love, I love my team. I love my team. They just. Who are you most scared of? We're getting away from football now. That's fine. We don't have another sports podcast, so just deal with it. Who who are you most afraid of nobody. in the East? Let's start that. Absolutely nobody. Nobody's beating this. This is the best team in basketball, and it's not That's remote. literally what everyone, including you, said last year. It's not even – no, that's not true. That is not true. I gave your Warriors credit. I just didn't say it to you personally. I didn't say it to you personally because you're an arrogant douche when it comes to your Warriors. I've never I'm seen not arrogant. How's it arrogant when oh, they win? So annoying. You're so oh, you're annoying. Just jealous. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You're so annoying. Like when I had the when I got that shirt that it was the little kid pissing on the Golden State Bridge. You're like, oh, classy, classy. oh yeah, classy. Keep it classy, Boston. Uh, and losing six at yeah. home. Oh, that's great. Who's uh who's just fighting for a playoff spot? To avoid the to avoid the uh playing tournament. Who? we are yeah 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 you guys have no chance your your dynasty is over it's all done uh it's time for the boston dynasty to begin jason tatum is god's gift to this earth boston is so good this year boston is so good this year we could lose one of our superstars and we still win the title we could lose jalen or tatum and still win the title that's how good this team is yeah i mean hey keep going keep going i can't wait to clip this in may <laughs> I'm not sending you this episode. <laughs> you know, you know what's wild as well is like 
I mean, yeah, we're fighting for a playoff spot without Wiggins, without Steph, without Gary Payton, our second best defender. Oh yeah, Gary Payton, the whoo, what a player! Just saying, if you, I mean, I'm just saying, we're we're, I'm not saying we're gonna win the title because I don't think we will. I'm just saying, you wouldn't want to face us. How about that? Oh, I would love to face you guys again. Who are you most worried about? Period. Obviously, not Nobody. the Warriors. Nobody. Jeez. In all seriousness, there's nobody that can compete with Boston this year. I mean, I'll just run through the teams. I'll run through the teams. In the in the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee, I love Yanni. I've always loved Yanni. Shout out to Yanni, by the way, for buying Nashville, for buying a stake in Nashville. Uh, that will now be my MLS team. There we go out of the jug again. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, obviously, Milwaukee's very good. Boston will take care of business. I have, It'll be a great series. Probably go seven again. Boston wins that series. I have no doubt about that. Philadelphia, God, do I hope we play Philadelphia because yeah. shout out to Newbie. Uh, Newbie's a big Philadelphia fan. He used to do Philly sports radio. I can't wait to make him eat it. And he has this thing where he says, oh, Philadelphia, the 76ers are in the Celtics head. No, I just like making fun of you, you idiot. Uh, Cleveland, that's a joke. The Knicks, I just, I want to stuff it in their mouth and let it soak in there. Um, How you been doing against the Knicks? I mean, we lost. It's a regular season game. Yeah, who cares about the regular season? At this point, yes, Boston is at the point where we don't have to care about the regular season. We we just don't. I'm not it's saying the same you way did. you guys didn't have to care last year. But why? I mean, in the East, why didn't we have to care last year? Because you guys were really good. I mean, dude, it's a thing in the NBA. It's a thing in the NBA. Some teams you, just don't have to care about the regular season. You. Like, we're not the only team that doesn't have to care about the regular season. Milwaukee doesn't have to care about the regular season. Uh, in the Western Conference, you have teams like Denver that doesn't have to care about the regular season. Memphis doesn't have to. Phoenix I'm confused. Like, last year, did you think we were the one seed? No. I told you last year. I had a ticket on Golden State to come out of the West. Yeah. I did. Mm. No, 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 no. You can't hate me. No, no. I don't hate you at all. Hey, dude, how I, can I hate, I hate a team that I gave hate. us another chip? I had Golden State to come out of the West last year. Great. I mean, dude, I am so excited for you guys and your win. Congratulations. Like, you did it. Hey, you did it. It's been a while. Like, congratulations. That's fucking epic that you guys won the chip. I mean, dude, it, it's okay. It's it's okay. I'm glad the you're confident. we though. started last year to make it to the finals? Yeah, last year was a success, dude. Last was year, it? Yeah, yeah. Was it? Absolutely. Okay. Last year was a success. Failure was get a success, the finals. but okay. Get to the finals and lose to a better team. I'm fine with it. I would have preferred not to lose on our home, uh, you know, home court, but such yeah. is life. Yeah, man. That was a tough. in the position to be a dynasty for the next 10 years. They're in the position that they are. You guys have a fantastic core. Um. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I it, like not that it matters because you guys are winning, but you know, I I definitely would say the Bucks are going to be a a tough out. And um, yeah. yeah, I think nope. in the West, like I mean, it's incredible what uh, you know the Nuggets have done. Obviously, the Suns adding KD is always tough. You know, it'll be an interesting. Uh, the interesting... Bucks are one hundred percent a tough out. The Bucks will not beat us. Yeah. How do you feel about um? You know the the Clippers. No, I mean, they're like pretty bad. I mean, it's possible they go on a run, but like, 
not probable by any stretch. I Are you do you worry about the West any more than like you know? Do you think there's a team in the West that's better than any of the other teams in the East? Do I think there's a team in the West better than yeah? I mean, Phoenix is absolutely stacked. You think they're better than like Milwaukee? Yeah, yeah. At this point, there with Kevin Durant, think, there. Like what I guess what I'm saying is, you think your hardest test will be in the finals, not leading up to the finals. Oh, 100 percent. Got you. 100 percent. If it's Phoenix, and frankly, Golden State's kind of annoying. Like y'all, if y'all get back there, I think it'd be a lot of fun. But I don't think you guys can beat us. Yeah, I don't think they'll beat us again. We'll see. I mean, we got to get there first. <laughs> like you guys, you know what? We're, we're off the rails. You're here. in the finals in your mind, but yeah, we're off got a lot rails. of work to do. So I got a bitch about something now. Uh, recently, I made a purchase. Oh, dear. It's a purchase that I haven't made in about eight years. Oh, and I hate myself for it. I bought NHL the video game. Oh, really? Sick. Dude, I am so bad at that video game. And I am the worst loser on earth. And like, it took me forever to buy this game. And I forgot why it took me so long. In about two games online, I remembered it's because I suck at this and I'm a terrible loser. I mean, I've almost shattered my remote probably about four times and I just bought it two days ago. Jesus. Like, dude, I hate this fucking game. I hate this game so much. Mm. Do you play NHL? No, I, I've spent all my time playing FIFA. I used to play NHL, but I just I'm always I got bored with beating people in FIFA though. It's boring to continually win in FIFA. We'll have to play each other. I've been waiting, but someone doesn't want to get the P uh, the PS5 version. Oh yeah, you have to have a PS5. Yeah, no, I don't play that much. You have the Xbox, right? No, no, I have a PS4. I think I actually have PS4 mode on this. Do you have the new one, 2020? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we should probably hook that up. Yeah. All right, on that news, on that note, we're out of here. We're going to go uh, yep. play some games. Hey, I got to go grab a drink and toast to a Celtics NBA title. A cup. A cup would be great. That okay, I'll good. go and grab a cup. Keep it classy. Fair enough, fair enough. Goodbye, everybody. It has been a pleasure. Peace.